Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and Deathmatch God, Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW Dynamite. But before we do... We get Bully's take on the PWI 500. Also, we get into Dynamite. Could MJF be your world champion? Especially coming off the heels of the main event we saw last night between Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho, where Moxley will face Brian Danielson next week at Dynamite. We get into all of that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We had Al Castle, a senior writer for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and had Candice Cordelia, both who which have come on this show periodically throughout the 13 years that we've been on the air, especially Al Castle. And Paul, our producer, and I thought, all right, you know, we're going to give them a segment on our show, you know, 15 minutes to talk about the PWI 500, and then we'll move on and we'll get into the other news of the day. We wound up having them on for 45 minutes on the show yesterday, and we wound up talking about it for almost two hours uh, on the show yesterday. And, Bully, you talk about Roman Reigns being number one. Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Busted Open were trending number one in the United States yesterday morning because Pro Wrestling Illustrated was good enough to unveil their top ten and break it here on Busted Open. And, man, I couldn't believe that in 2022... So many fans and wrestlers put a lot of stock in the PWI 500. Um, yes, they do, especially fans. I think it's I think it's awesome that PWI and Busted Open were trending number one. I'm not shocked though, because the PWI 500 is the issue of PWI that fans most look forward to every year. They love fans love to debate, argue, discuss, yell and scream at each other about the rankings, which I saw a lot of yesterday. I, I think the 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 thing that I saw the most of was Moxley being left off of the top ten. Oh boy. I think what Pro Wrestling Illustrated should do, and I don't know if they do this, or maybe they can do a <clears throat> excuse me, better job of this. And I'm sure they talked about it yesterday on the show. And if they didn't, they may want to reconsider. They have to tell fans what their criteria is for their 
500, but most importantly, their top 10. They also have to lay out the timeline for their criteria and their top 10. Go ahead, Dave. No, bully, they did. Like, first of all, okay. when you get when you get the, the digital copy or the physical copy, which which isn't out yet because they broke the news on our show yesterday. On page one, they give you the criteria. One of the first questions I asked, and Al Castle answered it, is what's the criteria when you put in for the PWI 500? And also the timeline. The timeline was from July 1st of 2021 to June 30th of 2022. Now, when it comes to John Moxley, if you remember, Bully, Moxley was out for three months of that time period because he was getting himself help in rehab. So he was out for three months. That's a big chunk of a year to be out. And John Moxley was still ranked high. He wasn't in the top 10, but he was still ranked high. But, but, but you know this, Bully, because, listen, we love them, but fans... When they hear something they don't like, they get into a blind rage. And you can't talk sense sometimes. And listen, I'm, I get that way too. You, you know me. I get all hot and bothered. I get in my rants. And you, there's no speaking to me. You just let me go. And then, and then you try to talk sense to me when I finally shut up. The, the fans don't want to hear it. There are fans calling in. And then I hit them with the knowledge. And they're still yelling and screaming. Then I say it again. They're like, oh. Like, yeah, because there is a criteria. They take the time to put, and then, like, people are saying wins and losses don't matter. Like, uh, you know, LaGreca, you're talking about wins and losses. Wins and losses don't matter. Okay, but to PWI, part of their criteria is wins and losses. So it may not matter to you as a fan, but in their criteria, they mention wins and losses. Like, I, I don't mean, understand where the disconnect is. The, the, people do not want to listen. The, they they just refuse to listen because they want their guy or their girl to be number one, or they want their guy or their girl to be ranked higher on the list. Read the directions. Read the instructions. Read the criteria. Whether you like the PWI 500 or don't like, whatever it is, they are setting forth their rules and regulations and they're going to try to stick by them. And that's how they come up. Of course, wins and losses are going to matter in a top 500, especially when you're looking at the top 10. Why would wins and losses not matter? It's pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. Yeah, I can tell you all day long that you don't have to win a wrestling match to get over because that's part of an art form. But if a magazine is coming up with a made up list, they're going to make up their criteria and they're going to stick to their made up criteria. So why can't you just go with that? Because people don't want to listen. People just want to yell and scream at the top of their lungs and go, no, 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 no. My guy should be number one. Where is it getting you, people? It's getting you nowhere, but it's giving us some entertaining stuff to talk about this morning. Yeah, but fan, you know how fans are, and I'm like this too. We love lists. Lists, like fans, you put out a list, you know, fans are going to have their opinions. But I loved it yesterday because I got a lot of heat, not only on this show, but social media as well about Seth Rollins. Because Seth Rollins 
was ranked a little bit low, and I had him ranked a little bit low. I completely understand the ranking, and they're like, how? Look at the matches. He had a, he had a match at WrestleMania with Cody. Yeah, but he lost. Like, you, if you go and watch Seth Rollins' results in 2000, late 2021 into 2022, he did a lot more losing than he did winning. As a matter of fact, in that time period, the last three months of that time period, he did nothing but lose. He went about three months without having a singles victory. So how are you going to have Seth Rollins in the top 10 if he did nothing but lose? Yes, he had significant matches. Yes, there were main event caliber matches on pay-per-views and WrestleManias, but he didn't win. And then people are actually arguing, arguing with me. Well, who cares? Well, but it's part of the criteria. Like, what are you missing? And I'm telling you right now when it comes to Roman Reigns, and listen, Bully, I think you would agree. Roman Reigns was number There is no debate. Like, Roman Reigns is number one, and then there's a big gap, and then there's everybody else. I, I don't think there's anybody that came close to Roman Reigns during that time period. Did Roman Reigns, ha- at being at number one, did he have the best win-loss record of anybody that was beneath him? Well, yeah, because he did nothing but win. And okay, I'm, also, just, I'm just making sure. Yeah, and also, like, you have to have a certain body of work as well, which I even said on the show yesterday, that might affect Roman Reigns in the PWI 500 next year because as we talked about, Bully, he scaled back his work. So he's not wrestling. I mean, we're getting WWE pay-per-views where Roman Reigns isn't even defending the title. So I think that's going to affect Roman Reigns next year in the PWI 500, but I just love to watch fans argue back and forth when they're not even following the rules and the criteria of why they put this PWI 500 in in order to begin with. Did anybody call in yesterday, or maybe they'll call in today and say, you know what, I was bitching, moaning, and complaining, but then I read the rules, and oh yeah, I get it now. Now I agree. Because people don't want to admit when they're wrong. You know, no, no, Ever. they're going to say, like, I got a lot of, and of course, fans on social media love to tag, you know, like when they're, when they're saying something, they love to, t- I got a lot of like Seth Rollins right now. If he ever opened up his Twitter account, he's going to get a lot of tags of me of that. I hate him. Boy, LaGreca, you hate Seth Rollins at David LaGreca one hates at the Seth Rollins. Like, what, what are you talking about? What does that have anything to do with a PWI 500? Oh, my God. And you, LaGreca loves CM Punk. Oh, my God. Yeah, because if you look at CM Punk during that time period, you know, he did a lot of great things, a lot of big wins, and he was a world champion. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Chris Jericho uh, had one hell of a match with Brian Danielson last night in the main event of Dynamite. Um, and I really enjoyed their match at All Out. I thought the match that they had in the main event last night, Bully, was even better. Uh, I, I agree. I enjoyed the match last night. I enjoyed Jericho constantly going for the submissions and trying to uh, get Danielson to tap out there was a couple of things that I was scratching my head at I'm gonna, and, and let's talk about the body of the match first so Jericho has the walls of Jericho on Jericho's it, it, Danielson hurts his, uh, his his heel and I think that Taz and and uh Regal do a phenomenal job of talking about the heel injury Jericho realizes there's an injury to the heel, throws uh, Danielson back in the ring, and then puts the lion tamer on Danielson. He has him in the lion tamer for about 30 seconds. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Danielson's heel is already banged up really, really bad. Puts him in the lion tamer for 30 seconds, then switches it up to a single leg crab for about another 50 seconds and we don't get a tap out from Danielson, but then Danielson eventually is able to hook the, the, um, the label lock for about 28 seconds onto Jericho and Jericho taps. I'm just wondering Dave, with the psychology of the match and I would uh, Jericho and Danielson, not really two guys whose psychology I would ever question because they're really great at what they do. However, it seemed like Danielson was in that submission for an awful long time, especially with the injury that he had sustained to his heel. I was just wondering how you felt about that. Did it seem I, a little I, long to you? It seemed like it was a bit long. Um, and listen, I, it didn't really bother me. And really with the LaBelle lock, man, that was like a really great time in the match. Because, again, when we talk about AEW, what do we talk about a lot is the time, right? And that was probably with about a minute left in the show. Um, but the way he just sank, like, again, this is credit to, to Jericho as well for selling. Like, Jericho did such a phenomenal job. And the, and the way he tried to reach for that bottom rope, and it was so far from him to be able to grab that bottom rope. I I honestly, I didn't really have a problem with it at all. And I loved how uh, Danielson didn't just hook the LaBelle lock. Like Jericho was fighting it. And then he had to pound on the back of Jericho's head a couple of times before he could hook it in. Like I said, it just seemed like the injury, the selling of the injury was so good. And the injury seemed so severe by the way, 
everybody was, you know, like very concerned about Danielson, the way Taz was putting it over and telling Regal, you know, you know what it's like to have a broken heel. And then to see him in the walls and um, the walls. What did I call it earlier? It's the walls of Jericho, no, yeah, right? They yeah. Called it. yeah, the walls of Jericho and then the single leg crab for so long. I was like, man, that's a long time to be in this submission hold without a tap. So um, one of the one of the other things that I want well, really to quick address, on that uh, before you move on. On that bully, I'm wondering if that comes into play next week in the match with Moxley because they they did spend a lot of attention on that, and he was in that submission for a very long time. So I'm wondering if that comes into play. I'm wondering if we get a quick match like we. I'm not saying a match like we saw with Moxley and Punk, but I'm wondering if that injury comes into play next week. I mean, it might, and I like. I would like how that would carry over. Um, I think we, we, we did see uh, Danielson limping around afterwards the yeah. way he should be selling. And I like um, really quick just to stay on that match because I know yeah. you want to transition. No, I don't. I, liked... I wanted to talk about something else in the match, but that's cool. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I loved how they shook hands at the end of that match. And I'm absolutely wondering that I, I, I'm wondering how that comes into play uh, next week. I liked how they shook hands. Also, they're both part of the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club. I would yeah. have liked to have seen Regal come to the ring also. I don't know why. I thought that would have been a good visual. I'm sure that was discussed, but Regal probably said, or somebody probably said, nope, let me let me stay away. Maybe just get a shot of Regal showing his concern and just leave it in the ring with those two guys. But it was Regal who brought uh Danielson and Moxley together for the first time to actually shake hands if, if yes. memory serves correct yes. yes yes right so I would like to have seen that come a little full circle uh to have him in the ring that's just a tiny thing that's a personal preference not a big deal though and I'm wondering if we see that next week no matter who wins that match because you're gonna there's gonna be a loser in that match and I'm wondering how that plays out and I think Regal is going to be a significant part in that as well Yep, we'll see. Like I said, just giving a little personal uh, personal points there. Match was great. Great main event. Loved it. But once again, I did have an issue with uh, aspects of the refereeing uh, case in point when Danielson goes to the floor and injures his heel. Once again, we have a referee coming to the floor and spending a tremendous amount of time. This was a, this was a, um, a, uh, a match wherein whoever won went to the finals correct yeah it's that it's a championship match next week yeah Cha so it, it was a semi-final match could this semi-final match have been won by count out i'm sure it could have been won by count out there was no rules that said it wouldn't it shouldn't be as far as i know correct so when danielson goes to the floor i believe that the referee needs to start counting as opposed to in in my eyes, you you cost Jericho the psychology of the match. You cost Jericho a countout victory because Danielson was out on the floor for about thirty seconds. So to me, you have to be creative with your psychology in protecting the referee. We see the referee come to the floor, checking on Danielson, checking on Danielson. Then we see the light go off on uh, in Jericho's head. Now Jericho puts a figure four on Danielson on the, on the ring post. Yes. And then Aubrey starts counting that. Why is that a countable offense, but a wrestler being on the floor, not a countable offense? And Bully, we, we bring this up a lot. And it happens all in all of pro wrestling, but especially in AEW. 
like when the, when the, when when the wrestler is outside the ring and right away the official see it in a WWE too. It, it, I don't. Oh no, get this it. is across the board. This yeah, is this not just an AEW thing. Like but I but I see it enough in AEW. Where I, I see feel it a lot. To... I I would say we see it a lot more in AEW. I think you're right. But but again, like you're right because. As soon as Jericho came out, Aubrey's like, "Come on, get 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 back in the ring, get back in the ring." Well, you know what? If if Brian Danielson is legitimately hurt and he's outside the ring, why aren't you counting? Obviously, that's when you get a count out is when the wrestler is unable to get back in the ring. Isn't that isn't that what a count out is? Now, if they would have said at the beginning of the match, like, "We're not, we don't no count outs because we want we want just a pinfall or a submission." Now, if that was said and I missed it, I apologize. I didn't hear that, but like, but again, I guess that's not the case because at one point she was counting. So I guess you could get it, but that, but not only is she not counting and she's checking on Brian Danielson, she also calls the doctor over to come check on Brian Danielson. And then they show Jericho's face. Like if I'm Jericho, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like count, I should be winning this match right now. I completely understand what you're saying. If it's going to take that much time, then you know what? You have to be counting and you have to ask, like, are you able to, are you able to get back in the ring? And if you are, then get your ass back in the ring. If not, you're not going to be able to win this match. I would have almost liked to have seen, and and listen, there's going to be a debate on this idea also, but I would have loved to have seen Aubrey started to count and, but, and listen, when you're a referee is doing a count, a 10 count, you could basically milk 20 seconds out of that just by the way you're counting. You can Probably slow more count. Than that if you wanted to. Yeah. Absolutely. You can yeah. slow count. It's not like a count in boxing. One, two, three, which is a, a real 10 second count in pro wrestling. You can, you can stretch 30 seconds out of 10. Um, if Aubrey starts to count and in the amount of time she's counting, Jericho actually realizes that Danielson's Dan Danielson's leg is hurt and goes outside. And then the announcers put it over like Taz could say, I'm not quite sure why Jericho, you know, would go outside um, because he was one second away from a count out victory. And that's where Regal could turn around and go, the, the, the competitor that I know of Chris Jericho would never want to win that way. He actually wants to inflict more pain on Danielson and get into the finals against Moxley. Now it's all covered yes. up and the referee is protected. I, the, the, I've said this before. I'd love to see wrestling across the board, do a better job with referees going to the floor to check on wrestlers, have a doctor at ringside, where you could, the doctor checks on the wrestler and then signals to the referee whether they're okay or not. Now you can start to count. I just believe that more credibility can be put on referees and better utilization of referees across the board in the business. I agree with you. And, and I think it's a little bit of a distraction and it's an unnecessary distraction. Again, when we're talking about this match, the last thing we want to talk about is something that's a hiccup with the official outside the ring because those two guys are warriors. They're two of the best in the world at what they do, and I thought that match was absolutely fantastic. But it's just those little things that are easily fixed. It's 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 an easy fix, like you said. If it's got to be fixed by the by the ultimately the official, but you could cover it up with certain rules at the beginning of that match or commentary. Like you said, Rico said, Hey, I know Chris Jericho. There's no way Chris Jericho. And then you could have Jericho stop the count, right? Like as that's going on, Jericho stops the count. And then, you know, Aubrey pushes him away or something where like, it makes a little bit more sense. 
And you could even have Excalibur being the one question it like, you know, Taz, Regal, why in the world would Jericho go outside? You know, he was one second away from a count out victory and then turn around and go, you got, you know, Excalibur, you obviously don't know Chris Jericho the way we know Chris Jericho. He wants to get Danielson back in there and he wants to, you know, he wants to take advantage of that ankle. He wants to win with uh, the walls of Jericho. Whatever it is, it covers up the fact that the referee's out there. For- the best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. We talked about Moxley dominating and being a long-term champion, but what are your thoughts about MJF becoming a champion? He's the heel with the most heat in the company. Multiple guys can chase him at one time. It would be different styles of matches. If If there's one thing that we've become accustomed to with the AEW world champion, it's having these really strong, credible wrestling matches, work rate style wrestling matches. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Does MJF give us that? I think he's better than people think, but he's not a Brian Danielson. That would be unfair. Brian Danielson. I I thoroughly agree with you that, that MJF is better in the ring than people think. And that we've seen him seen from him so far. But at the level of an Omega, a Danielson, even a Hangman Page, that we haven't seen that yet, uh, if it if it's in there. I love MJF as a – are you just yawning or are you opening your – No, I'm I love MJF. <laughs> I thought you were, like, looking to be like, uh, what is he saying? Um, um, I love MJF as a world champion because I think people are invested in him. They will pay to see him. Uh, great heel heat. They'll they'll pay to see people chase him. Is it the right time? I'm not sure. Because with the state of flux that the company is in right now, I'm talking about these suspensions, Kenny, the Bucks, um, Punk being injured. I'm just not sure if it's the time to take the focus off the strong work in the middle of the ring and go with a guy whose promos will probably carry it. 
with Flair, Flair always cheated to win or, you know, somehow tried to cheat to win, but he was giving you those hour long, really great matches. Even if, even if it was the same match almost every night, just put in a different order. I'm not, I'd, I'd have to really think about this one, whether or not it's the right time for MJF to cash in and be your champion. I think if the company was at full strength, I would, I would feel better about it. Well, I, I think yeah, obviously they wanted to go with punk and MJF as a feud that would carry. And, and I'm not a fan of this, that. this new faction that MJF that, that are backing MJF. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a second, but, and, and I'm sure Andre would probably know this off the top of his head, but as far as I know, it's not like a money in the bank as the caller asks, you don't cash in the chip. And you know, like if, if Danielson and Moxley are flat on their backs next week, you know, he's not going to come running with the chip and cash it in with the referee. It sets up a match, but it doesn't, it's not a, it's not like a money in the bank cash in. If, 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 I, if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody will correct me, but it's not like a money in the bank type of scenario. Okay. There we go. Bang. Thank you very much. Uh, so that's not going to, don't expect that to happen next week at grand slam, but Maybe MJF comes to the ring and and says, you know what? Next week, I want so-and-so in the ring in a championship match. I think it could work. Another thing, too, and Bully, you've brought this up many, many times on this show. When you talk about Punk and you talk about Jericho and you talk about Brian Danielson and you talk about Moxley, it does bring up that argument about, you know, AEW homegrown talent and former WWE superstars. I mean, we're going to see two former WWE champions in the ring next week at Grand Slam in Queens. You know, you throw that argument out the window, Bully, if it is MJF as your world champion at the top of the card. It definitely, it is It is right out the window. I mean, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you think right now is the right time for MJF to be the world champion? I do. Okay. I do, and and it's never bothered me before because you've brought it up to me many, many times. I'm starting to think that maybe we are starting to get too much of the former WWE talent at the top of the card. I mean, that's been evident to me for a long time. And yeah, I know, but it, I got to be honest with you, it's never really bothered me before. And I don't know why it's starting to bother me now. Because, again, I never looked at Moxley as a former WWE talent because who we Dean Ambrose is what we're seeing with Moxley is far different than the Dean Ambrose that we saw in the WWE. But I feel like when you see what's happened and what's transpired with Punk over the last couple weeks and, you know, Brian Danielson leaving in very, very good terms with the W, I feel like. You're never going to have to worry about those things when it's your homegrown talent. So, again, I, I feel like M now is the perfect time to make MJF your world champion. And it's only the perfect time if you have him on paper for a while. I mean, I again, don't know his contractual status. We don't know that. We don't know that. That's part of his whole shtick. You know, you know Tommy wasn't a fan of, of uh, MJF mentioning WWE um when he when he was on tv uh two weeks ago during his promo i didn't mind it at all because i think it's part of what he's done in the past and what he might continue to do moving forward and playing out this you know blurring of the lines of whether he's going to leave or not in 2024 
Mm-hmm. Um, he even sent out a, a tweet with Peter Rosenberg a couple of days ago, acknowledging Rosenberg as like one of the best in radio and then hashtag 2024 or something like that, yeah. you know, putting enough stuff out there to keep, to keep it going. So I think it's part of his shtick. And I think it's not, but I think that's kind of the, the charm of it where like, if, he, if he's your world champion, he could kind of, you know, hijack that championship, if you will. Like, Hey, you know, I'm your champion. I've been your champion. Come 2024. Who knows? Maybe I take this AEW world heavyweight championship to the WWE. Your world champion is also what drives the company and hopefully moves the needle for you when it's been, and whether it's been homegrowns like Omega or um, Omega is really not a homegrown um, AEW guy, but whether it's been pseudo homegrowns like Omega and Paige as opposed to former WWE guys, they're still only cracking that million. Punk moved the needle for them though. Punk moved the needle for them as champion. We've seen it time at dude. Listen, look at the rampage what, from, he, from 900 to a million. No, but if you look at that rampage, that rampage that he came back and had well over a million. That's morbid curiosity that I can understand. That's anomaly, morbid curiosity. It's what you can pull on a consistent basis when they're there. So the way I look at it, AEW is good for between 900,000 and a million every week, no matter who's your champ, no matter who your champion is. I think that, that that's their whittled down bare bones uh fan base who will watch on television and it will equal a nielsen rating yeah again the nielsen we were talking about this yesterday with mickey i, I still don't buy into the nielsen rating so why does tony khan tout it i don't know i i i honestly don't know i i why does tony I, khan I, I, go on social media and tout the fact that Oh, we did a million viewers with this and this. And why does he tout it if I don't it doesn't know. mean anything? I don't. I, I because I guess it means something to him. I just don't know how accurate it is. You know, we. You know, again with the fan bases that watch actual sit down and watch TV. I just think it's. I think it's so skewed at this point. And to answer your question, I, I wish I had an answer because I don't know. But maybe, maybe for you know when you're going after a contract for television, maybe those numbers do matter. Listen, those if you're going to go into those numbers, the last three weeks for Dynamite were over a million. I I I, I think bo- maybe I'm wrong. I thought Punk, Punk was box office. Now you're saying that hey, the numbers are the same whether Punk's your champion and whether Punk's there or not. I I, I really don't have a good argument to throw back at you to say that they are or there aren't. I really don't know. I, I'm just using the numbers that we have whether it's skewed, right, wrong, indifferent, that we have and that we've been using since the Monday Night Wars. And when the when the rating is good, everybody wants to shout to the top of their lungs about the rating. But when the rating is not so good, all of a sudden, there's an issue with it. I hate talking about it for this reason, like Raw. Right, Raw had a very bad rating this past Monday, but the show is very good. And I understand about the competition of Monday Night Football. At some point, I would think that people are watching that show. And if they're not, they're missing a really good show. Like the changes to me, the changes that triple H are making. I know this from talking to people. It's garnering more attention. More people are talking about Monday night raw in a positive way. But if you go strictly by that rating, it was a bad rating. So I still think it's skewed because I know people are watching it on other avenues than just sitting in front of their TV and watching it. 
I, I agree with you. There's zero argument that there are other avenues to watch it. But until we get rid of the Nielsen ratings that not only apply to pro wrestling, they apply to Monday night football, they apply to everything that's on TV. So is everything skewed when they talk about the Emmys or, or, or the award shows or specials, they go by the rating, you know, uh, the Emmys popped a great rating or the Emmys was the shit. So uh, that's why with wrestling, if we're going to use the Nielsen ratings, which we have been using forever, if the number's good, great. If the number's not good, then, then not good. We can't look at it as we can't make excuses for a poor number. My point on, on, uh, on AEW is this, you said punk moved the needle. Do I agree? He moved the needle. Yes. Did he move the needle a lot? No because they're still in that 900,000 to a million. That's what they have to improve on now. So it's like, no matter what they do, whether they give away cage matches or blood and guts or former WrestleMania main event guys or homegrown talent or the up and coming women, a million is what they're at. That's their, that's their I guess their comfort zone right now or, or a little underneath. How do we grow that number? That's what they have to concern themselves with now. And I don't, be, I don't believe like the, 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 I, I think slowing it down a little bit, not the in-ring action, slowing down the pacing of the show and allowing more promos and characters to come out that people can immerse themselves into is the, is part of the answer. Yeah. And I think the hooks too, like we talked about like raw, or SmackDown, the way it ended with with Karrion Cross, they hook you to watch the next week. You know the, what we saw last night with Brian Danielson and Jericho. You're hooked to watch that championship match next week. I think across the board, wrestling has to do more of that to continue the momentum from one week to the next. And AEW has as much of a cool factor as you can possibly have right now, comparable to an Attitude Era or an ECW. I'm not saying that AEW is as cool as the Attitude Era or what ECW is, but it comes closer than any other company ever has as, as well, far as all right, fun so fact. On that, on that note, if you're cool, then what's the audience that, what's the age group of the audience, if you're if you're cool, if you're in, if you're hip, what's the age group? I think it's a it's a lower number, correct? Yes. Okay. I, I'm I mean, gonna say they... eighteen. Oh, wait, I'm gonna say eighteen to thirty four is that age group that kind of factors in that cool factor. If you're get gra- well, that's young why the audience always... doesn't watch TV, bully. They don't but watch. That's TV. the number that they're always touting. Like they're always putting raw and against dynamite. Whatever. How did they do in the 18 to 34? Cause that's the only thing the advertisers. Because if care you're about. actually grabbing that age group to sit in front of the, their TV and watch it in the moment in their living room or their bedroom, then you're doing something right. Cause that age group does not watch TV. And thus my argument with the rating. So if you can pop a million and you're doing something right, okay, it's okay to scream to the top of your lungs. But when the, the rating's not good, don't make excuses for the fact of why you couldn't get the 18 to 34-year-old to sit in front of that TV. I think there's a lot more people watching AEW Dynamite than that 900 to a million that you're talking about. And I think there's a lot more people watching Monday Night Raw than the 1.6, 1.7. I, I'm convinced of that. That's a I, that's just I agree a portion with of your audience. I agree with you. 
I think they're watching it via other methods and not just sitting in front of their TV like we do. Yeah, because we're all- But it's still the only real gauge we have. What other numbers do we ever hear come out? I mean, yeah, you can go by some, oh, the YouTube numbers, how many people watched on YouTube afterwards, but real-time numbers. How many asses are parked in front of a TV on any given Monday, Wednesday, Right, right now, that's the only gauge, and they can't gauge it any other way. That I agree with. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.